0: You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before, and your desire to know Him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. one thing I want everybody to realize is it's hard to tell who talks to God, but it's easy to tell who listens to him. I'm going to say that again. It's hard to tell who talks to God, but it's easy to tell who listens. There's a lot of people, people, you can talk to a TV if you want, right? People talk to a TV yelling at it when they're watching a game. You can talk to things, but it takes, it's obvious when somebody's listening. You know what I'm talking about? And what God wants from his bride more than anything right now is a bride that hangs on to every word that he says. That I don't know about you, but when I get alone with God, I long to hear that still small voice in my heart. I'm not looking for a better answer or things like that. Just the sound of his voice brings me a joy that this world cannot have. You see, prayer is not a means to get. Prayer is the gift. Prayer is not a means to get something from God. Prayer is the gift. It's talking with him. Talking with him is the gift of life. Did you know in Genesis 126, it said, let us make man in our image. God was having a conversation with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know what a conversation with God is? Prayer. Prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And what happened is when we were created, God said, let us make man in our image. The Trinity said, you were born out of a prayer. You were born out of a prayer. And then what did Jesus come to teach us? When he was tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You were born out of prayer. You live by prayer. And guess what? Jesus says to know me is eternal life. So you know what eternity is? Prayer. You never graduate from prayer. And that's the church has been taught, there's been an American gospel that's garbage that just says that we pray to get. Not realizing that prayer is the gift. To just be able to commune with him. And I'm not saying that we don't we don't bring our requests to the Lord. That's biblical that, you know, it's, it's part of the process, but don't allow the enemy to dilute that intimacy with him. Can I, I want to share something. That's just when, when, when I got married to Jackie, my wife, do you know, I got so excited about the, uh, I got so excited about just all the things that go on with, with, buying a house together, renting a house, you know, all the things going on, you starting a family, you know, uh, doing whatever nice things. And there's all that stuff's great, right? It's all amazing. But you know what I love more than anything more as the days go by? Just sitting down and looking her in the eyes and having a conversation. That if everything was stripped away, what would I want more than anything? It's just to sit and talk with my wife. Not... Not what the world says is all this, just to be able to talk with her. Do you know that that's what God longs for from his church? He's, he, obviously he's called you to do great things, but what he wants more than anything is to hear your voice and to long and to, and to, to to say that God, I just want to be alone with you for a little bit. Jesus said when you pray, shut the door behind you and come in and dwell with me. He's that real. He's that real. And when I was, you could say that the quality of a conversation is the substance of a relationship. The quality of conversation is the substance of relationship. So the quality of your prayer life is the substance of your relationship with God. Do you just pray? The Lord revealed to me a long time ago that I don't fit prayer into my schedule. I make my schedule with prayer. I don't fit prayer into my schedule. My schedule is made from prayer. Amen? Because he knows how to do it. He knows how to live me better than I know how to live. Amen? Talk with him. Conversate with him. And this was something just this past weekend, this Saturday, I was alone in the secret place talking to the Lord. And the Lord reminded me, of Romans 8, 34. And if you could turn there, I want to show you something that this is a popular, Romans 8 is such a popular passage of scripture. But it says, he who condemns it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God. Say the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. Now check this out. If you don't hear anything else, hear this tonight. Does everybody believe that Jesus accomplished the greatest victory ever on the cross and the resurrection? Say amen to that. He accomplished it all. We even hear the term, it is finished, right? That everything was done. Well, let me ask you this. If it is finished to the highest degree, then why would Jesus get to heaven and make intercession for you? I want to just share something here. That even in Jesus's greatest victory, he still feels I have to pray for my people. Do you think when Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ, what is Jesus doing right now? He's an intercessory prayer. So what makes you think intercessory prayer is just a ministry, not every believer? We should all have this burden to pray for our brothers and sisters. Did you know how privileged we are to know him? We know the living God. What we should be doing is our family members that aren't saved, their names should be coming out of our lips daily. Father, I thank you that in the name of Jesus that my aunts and uncles are going to come to know you. I thank you that my, that my sons and daughters are come, they're coming home to know you. And when you start doing that, your problems automatically get solved by the Holy Spirit because he sees that you have a heart for people and he sees that you're actually walking in the call of being a believer. That if you're a believer that imitating Christ is, he is, even when he was on the cross, what was he doing? Forgive them for they know not what they do. He's even, he interceded in his darkest moment and he's interceding in his greatest moment of victory right now. That intercessory prayer, and this is what I'm talking about, prayer, is that Jesus loves talking to God so much, and he loves talking about you to him. Our, he's my brethren, my sister. I love them so much, God. Father, I pray that Satan, because he even said this in John 17, he said that, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world. I just pray that you protect them from the evil one. Because, because he, he, God gets most glorified when the devil tries to take a swing at you and you just stuff his face in the dirt. Do you know what it means to be more than a conqueror? More than a conqueror? That More than a conqueror means this. It means that not only do you win, you rub his face in it. You rub the enemy's face in it more than a conqueror. And you know, I, I heard this before. Even more than a conqueror is this, is the fact that my wife, that if I achieve something really great as a husband and, you know, say say I bring in a huge a huge amount of money and all these different things, that it was a, a labor that I did and that she gets to share it So that makes her more than a conqueror because I was the one that conquered, but she's more than a conqueror because she gets the benefits of what I did. (laughs) Do you know what? That's what Jesus did for you. He conquered it all. And now he says, my bride is more than a conqueror because I took care of it. But he's up there praying right now and he's praying. He's saying, Guy, I believe in you. He's saying, Ileana, I believe. And I'm praying that you fulfill your high calling because there is a world that ne- th- this world needs to see the power of God. And you cannot see Jesus didn't just walk around and say, It is finished. I don't need to do anything. He prayed. Before the day started, he would be solitude by himself in prayer, praying, praying. And you know why he did it? It wasn't because it was a labor. It was because it was the joy of his life. Pray, you know, getting this in our heart. The sermon tonight, by the way, is called Prayer is Air." Prayer is air in the kingdom of God. You cannot be a functioning believer and not have a desire for the secret place. I wanna give a call right now that we are, as we're in this building, Pastor Nick has already blessed us with the keys to be able to come here on Tuesday nights early. I, I challenge everybody that's able to come early that I want to see people at the altar way before service. And we all pray and believe that any new visitor that comes in, we believe that people are going to come in wheelchairs and leave throwing them in the dumpster, believe that people that have sicknesses or whatever it would be would be healed. We need to see the power of God, but there is a price that needs to be paid. And there's a difference between a gift and a reward salvation is a gift but there are rewards in the kingdom and those rewards come from investing time in the secret place I, I shared this last night over over the weekend has anybody ever locked their keys in their car before i locked my keys in the car and i was an hour away from my home and it was it was uh it was ten thirty at night and when that took place i was like oh no this really sucks. (laughs) And I was not okay with that. And I called Jackie and Bliss is already in bed. So Jackie's not going to be able to come and give me the spare key and things of this nature. So you know what I thought of is I thought of who lives closest to my home. Not, Not who's not who's necessarily a family member or things like that, because family members might live 20, 30 minutes away from where our home is, and that's going to add to the commute and add to all these things. I thought about who lives closest, and Justin Deal, the man on the camera back there, he lives two minutes away from my house. I called him up, and he said, brother, I'll be there. And he came, but the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm looking for those closest to my heart right now. I want to, It's not people that it, it's not about how long you've been serving the Lord. It's how close you are to him right now. He will use those that are closest to him. Amen. How many people want to get closer to the Lord? You know how easy it is? Just forget about the world. That's how easy it is. Cast the world down and say, you're amazing, God. You're amazing. And I'm going to stay here. I'm gonna stay here until I sense a greater burden for my family and my community. Because you need convictions, you need convictions to take root. I, I can tell you that revelation hasn't really hasn't really birthed in your heart until you have convictions that are deep. Like I'm talking about convictions that that. Like, look, I want everybody to know that this is the third building we've been in this year with this church. And I have had thoughts that said, Lord, why can't we just get a, why can't things just be consistent? And the Lord says, I just need you to keep saying yes. I just need you to keep saying yes. I have something for you. I have something for you. He And he he said that my best is in your yes. My best is in your yes. You keep saying yes, and I will unleash the best. I will unleash it for you. That's you tonight, that God wants to use you in such a way, but he needs your yes. Does that strike anybody that Jesus right now is in the heavens interceding for you? That he hasn't graduated from prayer, but that he loves to talk to God. He loves to talk with Him. Hallelujah! Can we talk to Him for a minute just right now? See, this is the thing: is you need to long for this. Father, we thank you. We thank you that right now, that prayer is the air in the kingdom of God. That we can talk to you at any moment. What a blessing! What a blessing! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to throw a couple of scriptures at you right now. If uh, Romans 12, 12, if you just pop over two chapters or a few chapters there, Romans 12, 12 says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in what? Prayer. Let's read that again. Rejoicing in hope. Do we have a hope in Jesus? Yes. Did you know what the Bible says? That the hope of glory is Christ in you. Do you know what glory is? It's the manifested presence of God. So the glory, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Yeah. So the more you invest time with him in the secret place, hearing his voice and if people in this room don't know what it means to hear the voice of God, I want you to know that not everybody hears audible voices. In fact, that's a very rare thing. What happens is there's this, this peace that goes off in your heart. And I, I like to say when I'm hearing from God, peace means yes. No peace means no kind of sort of peace. No, it's still no because it's obvious when you've heard from God. A lot of time your flesh hates it actually, because God will ask you to do things that are very contrary to what is comfortable. And the reason he does that is because you have to die. I know a lot of people don't like preaching this, but it's a beautiful thing to die because unsubmitted the devil manifests his will through your unsubmitted one. The devil manifests his will through your unsubmitted one. The emotions that you can't control are the emotions that express hell's agenda. We need to learn how to bring our soul into subject to him. And that's why I I shared this a few weeks ago that whenever you're frustrated, it's actually revealing what you haven't surrendered frustration is revealing what has not been surrendered. That's a beautiful thing. You don't have to get upset anymore. So as soon as you get frustrated, you're like, Lord, thank you for revealing a part of my flesh that needs to die. So that way I can see you more clearly, glorify you without these strings attached. Amen. I was sharing with a person the other day, what is the Holy Spirit's job in John 14, 26? It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is he's a comforter. But the reason he's a comforter is because you are supposed to be in a lot of uncomfortable situations, right? That's why he's a comforter. He wouldn't be a comforter if if the world's just this like, oh, this is so amazing. You know, I I love riding in COVID-19. This is amazing. Like, I just love persecution. I just love, no, it's supposed to be uncomfortable because you're not supposed to find comfort from anything this world has to offer. The comfort comes from this, this inward knowing that he is with me and that if everyone else is against me, if I can hear his voice, I win every time. That's why Paul, no matter what the devil tried to throw at him, Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Devil, take your best shot. You can't, you can't mess with me. You can't mess with me because if I'm going to live, it's going to be for him. And I don't care what anybody has to say about it or what anybody wants to bring against me. And even if I die, you just made my day because I'm going to be standing face to face with the one I love. You become untouchable and it makes the enemy so mad because the only way he can get to you is if you allow your emotions and your soul to get frivoled Friveled by the things going on in this world. But when you know him, you know when the devil's up to things, which we can all see that the the devil is so predictable, though. He's so predictable. And that's the thing about the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that if you don't allow him to comfort you, when you... Isn't it amazing in in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, it says that for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, amen? That he was tempted in every point yet without sin. Remember I said earlier how Jesus had to forgive people while he was on the cross? Do you know why he had to do that? He had to keep his heart right. Because if he died on that cross with sin, with unforgiveness, do you know how hard it had to be to be 100% right and everybody killing you literally for saying you're wrong? So many people get mad when they're kind of right and somebody tells them they're wrong. Could you imagine being 100% right and being crucified for it? How bitter would you be? And Jesus is saying, forgive them for they know not what they do because I have to keep this heart right. So that way I can take this blood that's pouring out of my body and put it on the mercy seat for my people. And that's what's amazing is that we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weakness, but he was tempted in every point yet without sin. And then it says, let us therefore come boldly. It doesn't say come like, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not worthy. No, it says come I, I, my blood he, he's he put his blood on the altar so you could walk in so that means that every time you pray every word that goes before the lord is a blood bought request that when you pray next time just think that in the in, in the old testament the only people that could come before the lord in the temple were people that they had to get sanctified and get all preparation and all these things had to took place for them to even walk in the temple to bring an offering to the lord and because jesus spilt because he. literally presented his blood and put it on the mercy seat. You can say, God, I love you today. And you don't need another man to say it for you or another woman. You can go into his presence and literally your prayer is blood bought. But we just think, you know, I'll just pray for a few minutes today. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I heard there's a quote from a man named, uh, uh, I I highly recommend his, his if I say his name, uh, Robert Murray McShaney. He's a, he was a Scottish, he, it, and I highly recommend checking him out. He's got amazing stuff. But he said that once I found out about the presence of God, he said, who would not rise up early in the morning to be with such company? Who would not wake up early in the morning just to be with him, just to say, I want to get up and I want to dwell with the one I love. I want to be with him and just hear what he has to say Hear What amazing things he's called me to do this day. Who would not wake up and say, God, thank you for another day. Who would not rise to be with such company? Eric Gilmore, who we were believing is actually going to be here at the end of August. He Eric Gilmore, we're, we're, we're waiting on a confirmation, but we have talked to his team and he's, he, he can fit it in his schedule. He's going to be here the last Tuesday of August. So you heard it here tonight. Hopefully we'll, we'll all be in agreement that that happens. So you want to be with us because we know who to bring in. We know who to bring in. I know what's going on. So, So Eric Gilmore told a story one time of a dear friend of his that wanted to do ministry. He wanted to do all these things. And the Lord told him he had to get a full-time job and the Lord was going to open these doors for him. And he gets this job and he's like, well, praise God. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to minister to everybody on my job. I'm going to tell them all about Jesus. I'm going to minister to every one of them. Every time I go to lunch, every time I do whatever, I'm going to talk to people about Jesus. And this, this friend of Eric Gilmore's goes to his job and he finds out that he's going to be in an office by himself all day and there's nobody else there. And he's like, Lord, I'm not going to be able to minister to everyone, anyone. I'm not going to be able to talk to anyone. I'm not going to be able to share the gospel. And the Lord said, what about me? What about me? So many times we get so caught up in how many souls we're going to save or how many people we're going to, but the Lord is saying, where is my bride? My bride's out working out on the, but I need, I, I'm looking for a bride that's in love that. Did you know Jesus's prayer life? was his evangelism. Jesus' prayer life was his outreach because what he did is his prayer never ceased. 1 Thessalonians Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. You know what that means? That means so many people are like, how do I do that? Once again, prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. In fact, if you do more speaking in prayer than you do listening, you don't even know what prayer is. It's a huge injustice to prayer if you run your mouth more than God. I heard a, a, a man of God say one time, if I only had 10 minutes to pray, I'd worship for nine. What did Jesus say when he taught the disciples how to pray? He said, Our Father, start it like this. Why? Because if you don't acknowledge who you're praying to before you open your mouth, you aren't going to pray right. If you start, if you start prayer out with acknowledging Him, it changes everything. But we've been taught a mechanism of prayer. And because we've been taught a method of prayer, we have everything lined up how we wanna do it. But when you just acknowledge him, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget about all the things I need. Anybody else? I forget about all these things because I see him. I see him and it it just changes everything, but we need to minister to him. He's calling his bride. Colossians 4.2. If you all have that uh, as well, Colossians 4.2 says this, continue earnestly in prayer, being diligent in it with thanksgiving. Read that again. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So Smith Wigglesworth once said, he said that if you pray for something twice, that's unbelief. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a strong statement, but what he was pretty much getting at is this verse. You pray forth the one time. But then all you do from that point is you thank him. Why do you thank him after that? Because it's a done deal. He's your father. He loves you. I feel <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It was a damn Mueller movement, But it was just, but the thing of just really understanding who we are in God, that when we pray, we continue in prayer, but we do it in thanksgiving. It, another thing, if you ever here's a a way to really gauge if your prayer life is where it should be is if you start praying and then you, and then you leave a moment of a prayer, of isolated prayer time. If you walk away from that and you're still sad, you had no clue what you just did because what in his presence is the fullness of joy. So when you get in his presence and you pray, and you bring requests to God. It shouldn't be, oh, we leave like, oh, wow. Like that was really difficult. Like, you know, we really labored, you know, it, it should be rejoicing. I just heard from God. I just heard from him. That's why I said, we said earlier, it's, it's hard to tell who talks to God, but it's, it's easy to tell who listens. Because who's ever listening, they don't even have to brag about anything. They don't have to. It's just all over them. Did Moses come down from the mountain and say, guys, I talked to God, or did his face shine? He didn't have to come down and be like, everybody, guess what God told me? It was just, Moses, we need to put something on your face, bro, because you're freaking us out. It's like the shining going on up in here. What is going on? Philippians 4, 6. Look at these verses. These are verses we know, but just look at the verbiage. Be anxious for nothing, but in what? All? Everything? Now, check this out. This should bring a little conviction tonight. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. What is this saying? Prayer is without ceasing, that everything should go through the filter of prayer. Everything should be bounced off his throne. Everything should be God. Lead me today. Direct me in this. This is what I'm, you know, and I, I've had to realize this in my own life. Is there anybody that, you know, when there's deadlines and things like that, sometimes you have to make a decision. You, you know what I'm talking about? And you get people and you're asking people to pray and things like that. But everybody can do all the talking they want. But how much time are we investing listening, 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 Sometimes people think an answer has to be a stamped letter, or a, but actually, God, if you stay and you just worship and you just, and you just go after him, answers start just falling. They just get in your heart. And I've noticed, too, that sometimes when I'm really believing God for answers, he starts giving me answers for even other things while I'm waiting on the one I really want. Has anybody had that before? I'm just waiting on the Lord. And then the Lord starts speaking to me louder in scripture. I'm seeing all these things because there's something so beautiful about waiting on him. And the thing about waiting that we we miss, a lot of times people think waiting is just sitting on a couch and eating Doritos. (laughs) But if you look in scripture, do you know what a waiter does? Is they constantly, they're checking your water. Do you need more water? Do you, what do you need? Do you, do you need, can I help you with anything else? Would you like something else? Could I, could I do anything for you, please? Because why? They they want a reward, but it's, the thing is they want more than anything is they want to make sure that the table's happy. the, The person's there. That's what waiting on the Lord is. It's not, Lord, I'm waiting on an answer. It's like, Lord, what do you need right now? I may need this, but I know if I sow into whatever you need right now, you know, prayers that I pray, I pray prayers like this. Lord, what do you want changed the most in me right now? Reveal it to me. You want to pray prayers like that? That'll take you to another level in a second. Lord, what do you want changed in me the most? What's wicked in me? Pray like the psalmist. Lord, reveal any wicked way in me. Not Lord, I need a new toy. Lord, I need a new this. I need a new that. He'll bring those things, but he brings it When you bring your heart, he want, the more, the more that is revealed that you surrender, you give him more capacity to, to rule and reign in your heart. The more that gets surrendered, it gives him more. Yeah, because let me give you an example. Have you ever been in a room with somebody and you knew that a certain topic couldn't come up? Have you ever been? Everybody should raise their hand. Have you ever been there? And you're like, I just hope they don't bring that up because if they bring that up, if they say Donald Trump's name, this is going to be a bad night. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's certain nuclear topics that can't go. And the Lord is a gentleman. And there are certain things that you just don't want to talk about. But God says, I want every area of your heart because I want to see When I have every area of your heart, you will detonate every area with the power of God in your sphere of influence. The degree of your your surrender is the degree you will have impact on this planet. The degree of your surrender is completely tied to that. Amen? You believe that, that God is doing something so great. Everything. And then we already hit, hit on First Thessalonians 5.17, which is to pray without ceasing. Go to Psalm 109. How many people love the scriptures? Amen. Do you love the scriptures? Do you, do you realize that this book is just full of prayers? It's just full of prayers. You were born in prayer. You live by prayer. You graduate to prayer. It's all prayer. Let's have a prayer meeting, crickets, cricket sounds. Let's pray before service. Everybody shows up late. And I'm I'm not, this hasn't happened here. I'm just saying this is what happens, that prayer, the reason why prayer is so diluted is because it's become a mechanism instead of the air we breathe. If we realize that just talking with him changes everything, I can tell you, Your prayer life is a reflection of your character. If all you do is talk about yourself, you don't listen to God. If all you, if everything's about you, you obviously don't know how to pray. Because prayer is humbling yourself and hearing from him. What is he saying right now? I just want to hear from him. Father, teach me to be a better father. Teach me to be a better husband. Do you know that the devil is running rampant on families in our country right now? That right now, there's, there's, people don't even know what sex they are. All these different things. Because when the Bible says, let us make man in our own image. Do you know what he said? We're going to make them male and female. Family is the image of God. So the devil knows if he wants to disrupt God's plan, kill the family, kill the family. So what do we have a bunch of fatherless homes that aren't representing him? And then mothers uh, are sick. They're single mothers that are trying to wear so many hats that they're not grace to wear not, but the Lord is helping them as they're serving the Lord. But I'm just saying that we need the family of God to come back. We need children being raised up in this generation that love the Lord with everything. We need to start seeing children prophesy, seeing dreams, having great things take place. But you know what it has to come to is that kids need to see parents praying Need to see them on their knees saying, you know what? We're not just going to pray before our meal like some dumb tradition, but we're going to pray before we start our day. We're going to pray in the car. We're going to pray with people at the gas station. We're going to love. We need to see a generation that says, I want to be with him. there, There will be no stopping being in his presence. Amen. This book, when Paul prayed in Ephesians, in Ephesians 1 and 3, there's prayers. You know what his greatest prayer is? That they would just know him. If they could just know him, it would change everything. I could talk to you about faith all day. I could talk to you about grace all day. I could talk to you about all the different mechanisms. I could talk to you about the fifth level, the anointing. I could talk to you about all these things, but you know what matters more? You just need to know him, and the only way you can know him is if you get alone with him, and you don't just have a man or a woman of God telling you about him, but you can know him personally, and you can hear his voice, and he will speak to you. He will speak to you. Amen. Give a shout to the Lord right now. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Psalm 109. Whew. Psalm 109.4. I have to say during worship, I usually don't say things like this, but I just really there's something happened. The Lord told me on the front row tonight. I just felt it in my heart. He said, thank you for bringing the bride back to my feet. I just heard that tonight. I just thank you for sharing on this tonight. Because there's a, there's a longing from the bridegroom. He's calling. The Bible says he knocks on the, like, if you read Song of Songs, you read, he's, he's, he's calling. Come away with me. Yes. Come away with me. I have so many things I want to share with you. You are so twisted in all these problems and I could solve them all if you just sit before me. Remember Martha? She's busy in the kitchen. She's making Jesus a great sandwich. It's going to be awesome. She's doing the best she knows to do. She's like got everything. She's got the sriracha. She's got all she's going to make. It. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. She's got the bacon already, but actually they couldn't eat bacon because he was a Jew, but it was the fact that, that they were, they were doing, man, that's how many people thank for the blood right there? (laughs) Thank for some bacon, right? Oh, you got to be, thank Jesus. Thank you. That's why the devil, that's why Jesus let the devil go into the pigs because they weren't supposed to be eating pigs anyway. So he let he killed them all, let them all drown. But uh, man, I would have been all over that. I would be like bacon for days, this is awesome. But, oh man, I got, where were we at? (laughs) That for my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself to prayer. Do you know what that means? that David is saying i have i have enemies all around right now i love this one story you know when david talks about being under the shadow of the almighty i did a study on that one time and it's so beautiful that the co- you know the ark of the covenant was in a a, a tent at at that time when David wrote that, and that there were arrows flying all around where the, the Ark of the Covenant was in the tent. And David was so convinced of the presence of God that when he said, I dwell beneath the shadow of the Almighty, there was there was and angel statues that they would put near the Ark. And David would go and he would, he would get in the shadow of where the, the the mercy seat was, where the ark, and he would get there, and he knew that even if bombs were flying everywhere, he said he he was so convinced if they got near that that ark that they would die because the presence of God would defend him. So he would get in the shadow of the Almighty. He would get right under the ark of the covenant, and he knew he was completely protected? Did you know that the presence of God, that you can have hell breaking loose all around you, but give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to conversation with him, that when you are in conversation with him, you are untouchable to the enemy. That's why Jesus, the first thing he said is, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth because it's an ongoing conversation in which you live by. Your life is an ongoing conversation with God. Eternity is an unending conversation with God. Once again, you do not graduate from prayer. Prayer is the gift. Just to be able to speak with him. I hope tonight you are falling in love with him again, knowing how important it is to just get alone and speak with him. I wanna close. Hallelujah. Let me share this. If you turn to Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verse 41, it says this, Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm going to read this again. Watch and pray. If you leave that scripture up for a moment, I want to, I want to say something that a lot of Earlier this year, the Lord dealt with me about diving into studying the feast of the Lord um, that are all through Leviticus. And I, I just wanna, I wanna pay it. This is a little bit of a teaching. I'm gonna give you a quick reader's digest because it's so important of where we're living in these times, that there are seven feasts in the Bible. Everybody say seven. seven. It's God's perfection. Seven feasts in the Bible. The, sp- the spring feast, there's four spring feasts and the spring feast are Passover, and then you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you have the Feast of First Fruits, and then you have the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. All four of those have already taken place. Christ has fulfilled those four because Christ was the Passover lamb, and then the unleavened bread was removing sin from, from man, and then you have the Feast of First Fruits. Christ raised from the dead is the firstborn of creation, the first back from the dead. Then the Feast of Pentecost, which the Holy Spirit falling on the church. All those have taken place, but there's three fall feasts that they, they believe are the second coming of Christ. Okay? Do you know what the first feast of those are called? The Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. Now, the Feast of Trumpets, everybody have heard that with the rapture, there's going to be a trumpet that sounds. Now, something that's really profound about that is that Jesus came to empty himself, right? Amen. Do you know what a trumpet is in the Bible? Is a trumpet is a shofar and a shofar is a hollowed out ram's horn. And the only way that that can make a sound is if it's completely hollow. So in order for the trumpets to sound, the bride of Christ needs to empty herself. So that way God can blow his spirit through the church and that this sound would come that caused the bride home. There's an emptying, and I want everybody to know here, we will be celebrating the Feast of Trumpets because the church, Christians have no clue about certain things in the Bible and it's sad. We should love the history of the Bible. Do you know Jesus was a Jew? There are certain things that people just get away from. They just think, oh, well, we're all all free from these, these things. Why wouldn't you want to know about it? Because Jesus said that they don't know the, they they don't know the day or hour, but watch the signs. How many people believe that there's, there could be a possibility that Jesus would want to come back during the Feast of Trumpets. Maybe when the last trumpet is sounds, because there's multiple trumpets that get sound during this feast. I'm not saying it's this year, but make sure you're ready. (laughs) You know, right? Bible says to live ready. Amen. Amen. So watch and pray. So we need to watch what's going on. Would everybody say that a lot of the world really thinks that the end of the world is coming? Use that to your advantage. Preach the gospel, right? If the devil is going to preach the first half of the gospel, then you might as well finish it with an altar call. He's trying to scare people. Then we just preach. We preach the, the, the the hope in Christ Jesus. So Jesus said, watch and pray. And this is where I want to close that, right after this, if you go to Acts 1.4, so Jesus said, watch and pray, lest what? You enter into what? Temptation. So what happens when prayer ceases in your life? Temptation. Temptation. It goes to a new, I want to actually share this. When you disengage from your conversation with him, you walk straight into the web of temptation. When you disengage from your conversation with him, you walk straight into the web of temptation. Temptation wins when fellowship with him has been lost. So in Acts 1-4, and just so everybody knows, the disciples really, they really messed up. They really messed up because I love sharing this one part. Remember, Jesus tells them to watch and pray. What did they do every time? They fell asleep. They fell asleep every time. And then what happens is finally... The the Calvary comes to get Jesus. And you know what Peter does? He cuts a guy's ear off. Watch. When you're sleeping, when you're supposed to be praying, you will fight the will of God. I'm going to say that again. Because they weren't praying, when they came, Jesus was supposed to be taken, but Peter fought the will of God because he wasn't praying, he was sleeping. The church right now There's a lot of the church that's fighting God's will because they're not praying, they're sleeping. And check it out, even take it a step further, the way the Lord reveals it, is what did he cut off? He cut off the man's ear because when you're fighting the will of God, you cut off the communication to preach the gospel to the world. They They cut off the means of communicating, but you know what Jesus does? He puts the ear back on because he's a good father. So even if you've messed up, he's got your back. The world, you cut the world's ear off with your dumb Facebook comment, or you, you cut the world's ear off by telling your family that everything is this. But guess what? Jesus will put that ear back on, and now it's time to love them to Christ with signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. So Acts 1-4. Jesus says this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, which he said, you have heard from me. So what did Jesus tell them to do in the book of Acts? He said to go wait in the upper room for power. Did he say go and pray? No, wait. He just said, wait, but check this out. The disciples learned something. Because if you go to Acts verse 12, uh, of ch- same chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all continued with one accord in what? Prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So this is what happens. Check this out. Jesus told them to wait in a room until the power comes. But when they heard that, they saw that before when Jesus asked them to pray and to look that they fell asleep. So what do they do in the upper room? Jesus tells them to wait for power, but what do they do? They start praying because they know that prayer and power are inseparable. They've learned that prayer and power are inseparable. So when they go in that upper room, they're like, we're not just going to sit around and wait we're gonna do what Jesus did. He prayed, he prayed and they start praying. And because they're praying to the same father, cause Jesus has taught them that they're praying to the same father. All of a sudden the room begins to shake cause they're in one accord. And it says that a mighty rushing wind blew in the place. And that it said that tongues of fire came. And you know what happened? you want to know when you really had a prayer meeting is right after everybody's out on the streets. Because soon as the prayer meeting took place, they went out and started evangelizing because the American church has been so spoiled. I don't get fed enough. Maybe you've said it. I just don't get fed enough. There's little kids being trafficked on the street and you don't get fed enough. You don't get to hear a good word. You have a phone, you can watch sermons all day. You don't get fed enough. Spoiled brat. We need to wake up to what God has called us to do in this hour. And it's prayer. It's going after the things of God with everything inside of us. Amen. Amen. We need to. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 James 5:16. In closing, it says this: that the prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. And who was James? He was a brother of Jesus. Did you see how it said that the brothers were praying? James knows that prayer and power are inseparable. How many people want to go to another level in prayer? Right now, Father, I thank you for your people. Right now, Lord, that there is going, their secret place is about to be a furnace. Lord, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that their prayer life is about to be their life, that Lord, they are going to be able to hear things, that they're going to get to heaven. And there's gonna be people from China, people from Iraq that said, thank you for praying for me. And you won't even know that you were, but in the spirit you are praying and that the Lord used you to pray for nations and to pray for people because we are the bride. So right now, just begin to pray in the spirit. I just wanna lay hands on you all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep your eyes on Jesus right now.